There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have all together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. In 2003, I got a call from my older sister. And normally when my sister, Sharinda, calls me, we, we, we goof around. There's this whole first two minutes of just bantering, doing accents, cracking jokes, being goofy. But this time when she called, I could tell that she had something very, very serious and very important to tell me. I could tell because her voice was low and there was even a, a softness to her voice, the kind of softness that you add to your voice when you're trying to soften the blow of the thing you're about to say. She said, Brent, I wanted to let you know that we got dad's test results back from the Mayo Clinic and it's not good. She said it's, uh, it's, it's a serious disease. It's called primary amyloidosis. Now, I had never heard of that disease, and I'm generally an optimistic person, so it usually takes a while for bad news to sink in because I'm always trying to find the little crack of light around the dark cloud. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, great. It's not cancer. It's not heart disease. It's not um, diabetes. It's none of the things that I've ever heard of before. So you know, surely it can't be that bad. So I asked the question, how bad is it? And when you ask the question, how bad is it? What you're really asking is a set of sub questions. You're asking, what are the symptoms? What's the diagnosis? Like, what is it? Um, what's the cause? Where did it come from? What's the prognosis? Like, what's going to happen? And ultimately, you want to know what's the cure. How is he going to get through this? So I asked that question. I asked the question, how bad is it? That's the question that all of us would ask in a situation like that. And it's the kind of question that we ask when anybody we know or anybody we love is going through something difficult, is experiencing hardship, is afflicted, is uh, diseased, we want to know that question. How bad is it? This morning, we're launching a brand new series, a series called Free, a letter to the Romans.
In the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul lays out a comprehensive plan, God's comprehensive plan for healing us, redeeming us, restoring us, and ultimately setting us free. What I love about the letter is that the Apostle Paul writes to a church that is so similar to ours. It's a church in Rome, and it's packed with all different kinds of people from all different backgrounds and all different experiences. You've got, you've got people in the church that have been steeped in the faith all their life. They are rule followers. They're, they're doing it by the book, literally. And then you've got this host of people that are brand new to the faith. They don't, even, they don't know anything about God or Jesus. They're just, they're, they're drawn to the love that they're experiencing and they're pouring into the doors of the church. And the Apostle Paul sets up the letter by trying to explain the condition of our heart, the condition of humanity, the condition of our souls. In fact, the condition of the humanity and the souls of the whole world. And in this letter, if you only read the beginning, you think, oh man, this isn't good. Because like like a masterful surgeon, the Apostle Paul says, look, I want to show you what's going on in your life. I want to show you what's going on in the uttermost parts of your spirit. And I want to show you what's going on in the world. And I want to tell you, it's not good. So today, for the next few moments, I just want to speak on the topic, how bad is it? I hate waiting rooms. Waiting rooms stress me out. If I'm at a doctor's office or or a waiting room at the emergency room, I'm stressed out, I'm anxious because if you're in the waiting room, that means you haven't been in to see the doctor yet. That means you, you don't know how bad it is. You don't have a diagnosis, you don't have a prognosis, you don't have a cure. All you have are the symptoms. All you're experiencing are the things that have put you in this spot. When we examine our spiritual condition and the spiritual condition of the world and the culture around us, we can see some symptoms of a condition that isn't good. In fact, in the first chapter of the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul describes the symptoms in detail. See if you recognize any of these symptoms in your life. Greed, sexual depravity, envy, murder, Strife, deceit, malice, gossip, slander, hatred toward God, insolence, arrogance, boastfulness, disobedience, willful ignorance, unfaithfulness, untrustworthiness, heartlessness, cruelty. I don't know about you, but I can see myself in some of those symptoms. And I think if you search your heart, you might find some of those symptoms relate to you. If you don't think those symptoms relate to you, ask your wife, ask your husband, ask your roommate, ask somebody who loves you. They might be able to help point out that some of those symptoms actually do apply to you. And and of course, when we look around at the culture around us, we see where those symptoms have been embedded into the culture around us. Now, the Apostle Paul takes it even a step deeper though because he knows that some of us are in the waiting room pretending that we're waiting for somebody else, that we're immune from the condition, we're immune from the disease, 
We're just here because other people have the disease and we're here waiting for them, but, but we're without the disease. He knows that some of us, especially those of us who are religious, we can look at people who experience these symptoms and we can look down on them or think that we are better than them. So in chapter 2 of Romans, verse 1, the Apostle Paul says to us, at whatever point you judge others, you're condemning yourself. In other words, nobody is exempt. Nobody is immune from this condition. We all experience it. In fact, those of us that are in the greatest danger are those of us who think that we're immune from the disease. That means you, your mom, your dad, your cousin, your grandma, your little friends down the street, everybody you know has experienced this condition, this disease in their own life. So let's not sit around this waiting room anymore experiencing the symptoms. Let's go meet with the great physician who can diagnose the disease. One of the things that I love about the book of Romans is the surgical precision in the language that the Apostle Paul uses to diagnose the condition that you experience, that I experience, that every human being on the planet throughout history has experienced. We've all experienced the same thing. It's a condition that causes us to fail over and over again. He uses a Greek word to describe that condition. The Greek word that he uses is hamartia. Hamartia. It literally means to miss the mark. To strive for one thing and end up getting the opposite of the thing that you were striving for. Aristotle uses the word uh, and describes it as a fatal flaw or a fatal defect that leads to to the downfall of the protagonist. We don't have a great word for it in English. We simply call it sin. We all know what it's like to have this desire in us to pursue one thing and end up reaching the opposite thing. We all know what it's like to pursue one thing, to say, I want to do this. I want to be like this. But for whatever reason, we never get that. We end up doing the opposite of that. Or we say, look, I want to avoid that. And we end up doing the very thing that we were trying to avoid, hamartia. And the thing that we're pursuing might be a good thing. Love, value, a sense of worth, a sense of security. But when we look for it in the wrong place, we end up getting the opposite of the thing that we were trying to achieve. So where does that come from? Why is this such a universal quality? Why do we all experience sin? Why do we all experience hamartia? Where does it come from? Well, it's interesting because the Apostle Paul says it's actually, it comes from two places. Uh, It's hereditary, like many diseases, but it's also environmental. It's also the result of our own choices and actions. Scripture says this in uh, Romans chapter 5. It says, hamartia, or sin, entered the world through one man. You know the story 
in the book of Genesis about Adam and Eve and the eating of the fruit. You'll remember that in the story, they were actually trying to be like God. They're actually trying to be more like God. But by doing it their way, they missed the mark. That story illustrates the tragedy of the human condition. The fact that all of us end up worshiping the creation rather than the creator. And the Apostle Paul says, it's not just you. It's not just me. It's all of us. It's a true pandemic. It has infected and it affects every human being on the planet. In Romans 3.10, the Apostle Paul says, there is none righteous. No, not one. In fact, Romans 3.22, he writes those famous words, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. None of us are immune from this fatal flaw, this fatal defect that we all carry within us. And an even deeper tragedy is that the more we sin, the less likely we are to see our sin. In Romans uh, chapter 1, verses 18 through 20, the Apostle Paul says, For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. In other words, the more we sin, the more we're tied up in sin, the less likely we are to see it. It's like one of Aristotle's protagonists. Everybody in the play can see that they're on the path to a downfall. Everybody but them. So the question is, how bad is it? Tell me, Doc, what's the prognosis? How bad is it? Okay, I've got this condition, this sin condition. How bad is it? In chapter 6, verse 23, he gives us the prognosis. He says, the wages of sin is death. It's the worst possible prognosis you could get. When my father uh, was diagnosed with primary amyloidosis, I called a friend of mine who was a pathologist. And I said, hey man, how bad is it? I'll never forget what he said. He said, if you have anything you need to settle with your dad, if you have any conversation that needs to be addressed with your father, if you need to go bury the hatchet, go do it now because there's no cure. Uh, it's fatal. He'll die from this disease. The truth is for the spiritual condition that all of us experience, there's no chemo, there's no radiation, there's no medicine. There's no cure. There's no lifestyle changes that you can do to make the sin in your life disappear. There's no behavioral modification that will make it go away. The wages of sin is death. So if that's the way the story ends, it's a terribly tragic story. It's an Aristotelian <laughs> tragedy. But we all know that that's not how the story ends because the great physician looks us in the eye. He leans in and he says, look, I've got a cure for you. I'm going to write you a prescription and I'm going to take away that, that hamartia. I'm going to take away that sin and I'm going to give you health and wholeness 
righteousness, purity, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience. I'm going to give that to you. You've got the disease, he says, but I've got the cure. So what is the cure? If sin is the disease, if sin is the condition, if hamartia is the condition, the fatal flaw that infects and impacts every single one of us, what is the prescription that God's going to write to clear us of this disease? Well, the book of Romans tells us in no uncertain terms that the prescription, the cure, the panacea to the disease is grace. Grace is the cure for the disease of sin. All of those of us who have been bound by sin, we are freed by grace. We are healed. We are redeemed. We are restored. We are renewed. We are liberated to live out the life that God has called us to live by his grace. Now, you may be asking, how do I pay for this? How do, I, how do I pay for such a, a valuable medication, a valuable panacea? How do I pay for this? Well, the beautiful thing is the scripture tells us that the gift of grace is free. It's a free gift. It's a gift that God gives to you. Why? Because he wants to. Because he loves you. Because you ask for it. So today, open your heart. Receive the grace that God has for you. Let it pour over you. Let it remove the sin from your life and let it fill you with life, joy, and absolute freedom. So the question is, where do I get my prescription filled? Where can I get this grace? The scripture says, therefore, the promise comes by faith. The way to access the grace of God is by putting your faith, your hope, your trust in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. You see, grace is free to you and me, but it wasn't free for him. He gave it all. When we put our faith in him, that, that hamartia is taken from us and all of the righteousness and all of the goodness and the blessedness and the glory and the perfection of God is given to us. The health, the well-being, the spiritual nourishment, the healing, the freedom that we desire is given to us by grace through faith. The scripture says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In the case of my father's health, there was no cure for his physical condition. 
But as his body weakened, I watched his spirit grow because he had experienced the grace of God by putting his faith in Jesus. I watched as his body weakened, his spirit ascended. What I want for you today, what the Apostle Paul wants for you today, more importantly, what God wants for you today, is for you to put your faith in God. Put your trust in Jesus. Some of you, for the first time, some of you for the hundredth time, do it again. How bad is the condition? It's bad. It's really bad. In fact, it's fatal. But how good is the cure? The scripture says, the wages of sin is death. One of the most famous lines in the book of Romans. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes, the condition is bad. The condition is fatal. But the cure is good. It's really good. And it lasts forever. Forever.